From the headquarters of the Jameson Media Complex, broadcasting from the GreenIndustryPodcast.com studios, it's the Green Industry Podcast, where Paul and his guests discuss lawn and landscape business best practices and practical strategies to maximize profits. Now, here's your host, best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, Paul Jameson. Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome to today's episode with special guest Jason Creole. We're going to do a live Q&A and answer your guys' questions about turf. If you uh, want to know about how to get the weeds out and uh, get that grass looking green and lush, we're going to do that on today's broadcast. Thank you to our friends at Smart Rain for sponsoring today's episode of the Green Industry Podcast. If you guys are looking for saving time and uh, money, you can do that with a Smart Rain water system. Well, without further ado, here's Jason Creole and I answering your questions. I'm hitting record on my podcast machine because I was like, this could be a podcast. I could play a portion of this on the show. I just thought about it. Jose says, I'm new into this and and learning. Thank you for all you're doing. We're happy to do it, Jose. And uh, you you can go follow Paul on his YouTube ventures and on Green Industry Podcast. And appreciate you uh, joining me here. When do I mow new Tiffway 419 sod? Uh, Well, Cody, here's what I would do. I would... uh, I would wait, you know, don't, there's no hurry really. Okay. And, and when you mow that first couple of times, like I like to keep my Bermuda nice and low. I mean, I, I, I drop my deck as low as it'll go, which I think is an inch and a half. And, and you got to mow it pretty often. But now if I had brand new sod, I'm not going to just, you know, scalp mm. it down to nothing, you know, just kind of go easy on it. Okay. And let it get rooted. Uh, and then, you know, but, but the good thing is once it gets hot, that Bermuda is going to, take off even if you just put it down this year um so but just you know don't do nothing crazy i'd mow it less often and just take a little off the top until it until it's sure enough rooted yeah cody i've lost go ahead jason no i would say it's gonna be pretty obvious you know it's gonna start growing and get all shaggy but you don't want to uh, be spraying it or fertilizing it just just water it and just let it get rooted before you do anything crazy you got anything to add? Well, I was just going to say, there's no forgiveness if you if you scalp it if if you scalp a sod that's not rooted yet, it probably isn't going to survive. So so cut it high until you know it's taken root, for sure. Yeah, especially if it's for a customer, somebody else's. You know, I mean, even if it survives, you're gonna you're just gonna stress it out big time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you recommend for po- Poania? Foxtail goose grass, rescue grass. Maybe I'm not measuring correctly, but it seems like these weeds this year have created a tolerance or something I have to uh, to respray. Well, um, Edward, I don't know what kind of grass you have. That That's always helpful. You know, I deal with warm season grasses. And I will say, you know, with POA, POA annua, um, it, there is some some tolerance to that. They, they've, um, you know, so some weeds do develop tolerance over time. But, you know, what you want to do is, is try to, put your pre-emergent out in the fall um, to help prevent your, your POA. Now your foxtail is going to be a, a warm season weed. You're going to put that out. Um, I, I don't deal with rescue grass much here, but uh, and goose grass, I see it every now and then, but it, it's usually a little bit, you know, further North. Anyway, put your, your, your fall pre-emergent help with the POA, put your, um, you know, your early application before they germinate, uh, you know, like in January, February, again, I don't know where you live. But that would help. 
Oh, he says, here, come on, give us your secrets. <laughs> I, I, I like spectacle back Spectacle in the fall. Yeah, um, yeah if you use spectacle, boy, that'll make a huge difference on your um, POA. And then, like I said, I you, I go out there and spray prodiamine in January and go back and spray it again in March. And, yeah, do you get some foxtail breakthrough? Yeah. But if you have a breakthrough, you go in there and you can use solitaire. You can, um, you know, there, there's a lot of pro- – I, I will say foxtail is a little bit tough to get rid of once you got it. But if you can, per, you know, put it, get your pre-emergent out, that should definitely help. All right. Jose says, I'm a teen. I'm trying to pass out flowers to grow my business. But will it help? Uh, but but – Will it still help even though everyone mows their own grass? Well, if they're, if they're mowing their own grass, they you know most of those guys are not not going to want to give it up. But I would, uh, Jose, I would look at the yards that um, that you tell it. Like by this time, again in our area, you can tell who's mowing their grass and who's not. So if they hadn't mowed their grass yet, you know, then hey, stick a flyer on there you know, for on their door. So what do you think, Paul? Yeah. And Jose, I would look at what is the, um, houses you can go on Zillow.com and, you know, select the neighborhood you want to have route density in, and then just look, are those homes in the 100,000s, 200,000s, 300,000s? I personally like 300,000s and above because most of those folk, they don't have time to cut their grass because they, they have to work to, to keep up with their lifestyle and things like that. And so they're more apt to uh, pay a professional to, to maintain their lawn because at, at the 300,000 mark, they have the HOAs pretty much, you know, try to patrol the neighborhood to keep it looking up to the standards to keep the home prices up and things like that. And so you start, you know, working in, in the neighborhoods that don't have the money, a lot of folks will you know, to save money, they'll do their own yard or, or things like that. And so I, I like to go where the money is for sure. And so Zillow is real simple. Just, just pick out your neighborhood and be like, Oh, you know, $350,000 homes. This is a good one to work in. And, uh, yeah, I, just, I and, like that idea. Paul. I never thought about using Zillow. Yeah. And, and actually that's what I've been doing recently as I've been targeting where we're going to, um, launch this new, uh, landscaping business. And then, um, the other thing is, make sure it's an open market because there's some of these neighborhoods, like they'll actually hire one company to do all 200 homes. And if you're in there passing out flyers and there's already, you know, ABC lawn care does all of them. You're just in vain. So just, uh, you could drive into the neighborhood and just ask a couple people walking their dog or whatnot and say, Hey, do you guys have one company that does the whole neighborhood or is it an open market? And just confirm before you start your marketing blitz, but yeah, go to Zillow and, 300,000 is kind of my limit. Like anything less than that, it's been a headache to me for, for maintenance and, and landscaping and stuff like that. And then anything above that, you're going to have folks that are going to be hiring out for sure. The majority of them. Yeah, that's a great tip, Paul. All right. Nick says, Hey guys, I'm seeding 12,000 square feet of Zenith Zoysia next month. Any recommendations for weed control besides drive accelerate? Uh, Nick, I know why you're seeding 12,000 square feet of zoysia because it's going to cost you an arm and a leg if you were going to sod it. You know, you're thinking, let's just say you got a generous pallet of 500 square feet. Most of them are like 450 square feet. Then you're still looking at 24 pallets. At, and let's say you got a deal and got it for 200 a pallet. That's 4,800 if you did it yourself. A landscape company is probably going to charge you 600 a pallet times 24 uh, you're getting close to a hundred, hundred grand. Uh, anyway, uh, no, my math's wrong. I'm sorry. That's horrible. Man. Where, where, where uh, are you getting 
Zoysia for 200 bucks a pop, man. I need to find out that farm. I, I've seen it, but my math was bad. What's uh, two, two, 600 pallets times 600? 600 times 24 is 14,400. Six, that's 600 dollars times 24 pallets. Four, yeah. 14,400. How you got okay. 100,000, 14,400. Well, that was my markup. That was my. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, hey, I'm actually, I'm okay with math using. That was pitiful. Um, well, here's what I would say. One, I've had people asking me about growing zoysia from seed. Um, I, I, I hope it works for you, Nick. Okay. I don't know a lot of people that successfully done that. Um, but I would wait till it's sure enough hot. Okay. I wouldn't like you're saying next month, um, uh, May, I would, I would make sure the temperatures are 85 or maybe even warmer than that. And then make sure you got a watering plan for that 12,000 square feet because zoysia, I mean, the, the thing is like with Bermuda and I, and I love zoysia. I'm, I'm not trying to talk you out of zoysia, but Bermuda, if you got 10% of it to, to grow, then it would fill in on its own. No problem. I, I really believe that possibly this year. Zoysia, if you, you, you need to get a really good coverage because if you get, you know, let's say 50% coverage, it may be two years before it fills in completely because it, it just does not spread fast at all. So I would have a watering plan for sure. I wait till it's hot. I'd probably try to do it a time, you know, even if, unless you've got irrigation there where like look at the weather and say it's hot and it's look like rain next week. So here's my chance, you know, but you got to figure out how to get it through this first summer and just know that if you don't get good germination, you're going to have a lot of bare spots. It's going to be difficult to fill in. Yeah, I want to, Nick, if it's, I want to touch that with a 10 foot pole. If, if there's time to re- present to the customer to uh, sod it or not, because Xenozoysia seed, I, I've tried it before and was unsuccessful. And then on my dime, I ended up having to put in sod for the guy. So uh, I've been very unsuccessful with that. I, I would just, shoot them straight and say it's going to be expensive, but we, we either going to put in the, the sod and do it the right way. Um, otherwise I think you, it's going to be difficult to, to get that to grow the way your customer is thinking it's going to grow and they're just trying to save yeah. money, but it, it's not going to work uh, in my opinion. Yeah. And Nick, I didn't even answer your actual question, but what I would do, you know, make sure you, you, you scrape it down to the dirt or, or spray it or whatever you do to get rid of everything. And, and then when you see it, let's say you're going to do this in May, um, you know, th- you shouldn't have crabgrass. You know, you just kill everything. <laughs> and, and so you're starting with kind of a blank slate. I wouldn't worry about spraying anything. I mean, your, your goal is just get it to live this first year. And I wouldn't even think about a herbicide until the fall application, you know, September, October. And that would be only if it, you got pretty good coverage. So, uh, you know, and then you can do your, your, uh, pre-emerge application if, you know, things are going well. So that, that would be my, let me just say one more thing, Jason, I'm trying to save this guy a, a, a headache during the spring rush. You know, I, I, I do not do uh seed. I just don't like it. It's sod or nothing. And so, yeah. um, just that's a lesson I've learned the hard way. And I, I, I just, it's a pain in the butt. So if, if there's any well, way to get out of it, I know you sound like you kind of got stuck in the 12,000 square foot seed of zoysia, but if, if you can backpedal out of that, it, it would be, you'd save yourself a lot of headache for sure. Yeah. I've had several people ask me about this recently and I told them, I said, listen, I, 
I know there's people that's done it, but I personally have never met anyone who's successfully grown zoysia from seed. Now, that don't mean it's impossible or it never can't be done. I, I, I know it can be, but uh, it, it's not uh, easy. And like I said, it's not like Bermuda where you, if it if it doesn't really work, it'll fill in on its own anyway. It's like it, it needs to come up and look nice. All right. Uh, let's see. I am a full-time teacher and turning away now this is a little bit different see the youtube sign there's covered up i'm assuming that says hello but we're missing oh <laughs> um, i'm a full-time teacher turning away two or three quotes a day for weekly lawn maintenance four season minimal marketing we have a we have 60 yards see the potential to take this full time all right paul you probably get people in this situation a lot of times where the, where they're kind of like on that Bring they got their full time job, but and they're sort of doing what they can on the side, and then they're just sort of what what do you tell people that's trying to make that decision? Should I keep it part time or should I make the jump? Yeah, so you want to get the boat close to the dock, so it's not a huge leap, but it, it's it's kind of uh, easy. You, you know, you're living out there on the lake, Jason. You just step from the dock right into the boat. And, uh, I would definitely pray about it, you know, ask the Lord, is, is this something he wants you to do or not? And then other, uh, things to consider is your financial situation. Are you married? Does your wife have steady income? How many kids do you have? How, how much of a risk of it? How much of a risk is it? If you're just a single guy and you, you know, you don't have that much responsibility, then I'm more, um, lean, you know, I'm, I'm more encouraging to go for it, go for it, go for it. If you got five kids at home and your wife's a stay at home wife slash mom, and you know, the, the stakes are kind of higher then really be conservative and make sure the boat's close to the dock. But if you have less responsibility, you know, you better be working from sunrise to sunset those first few months and making sure there's a gigantic margin between revenue and, you know, your expenses and, and you're, pro you're very profitable and you're working hard and you're charging the right amount and all of that. But, you know, pray about it, get the boat close to the dock. And then if you do feel peace about it, go for it and work hard because I, I've never looked back on, you know, the jobs that I've left to, to be a full-time entrepreneur. I, I couldn't imagine, you know, working a job anymore. And so I think that uh, when it's the right time, go for it, Dustin, and uh, you'll enjoy it. Yeah, Dustin, on my uh, channel, I, I interviewed some people about a month or two ago and I actually talked to him today and he, he left the job. It's a husband and wife team and he uh, they just started their business this year. I talked to him today and he was just he's, he's loving it, you know, mm -hmm. so. Um, so there, there's some definite advantages, um, certainly some advantages of being a full-time teacher. I imagine you got good insurance and retirement, all that. So um, there's some a lot of things to consider. But uh, anyway, yeah, and nobody have, can really make that decision for you. Yeah, but to, if you already have 60 yards, I mean, if, you, if you're mow edge trim and blowing, that's a pretty decent amount of revenue right there. And then if you're upselling to those 60 properties alone, mulch, pine straw, seasonal flowers, things of that nature, there's always some kind of odd job that needs done on a property. You should be able to have a full-time income with what you already got. So I, I, it sounds like your boat's pretty close to the dock. So yeah. I would just say your prayers and make sure you got peace about it and uh, make the move, man. All right. Love here says, hello, any good sprayer that's good and cheaper? 
Thanks. Uh, well, I don't know if you're talking about a, like a spray tank. You know, I, Graham is – I use those Graham spray tanks, and I mean, they have different options, but they I wouldn't necessarily describe them as cheap. But I don't know if you're talking about that or are you talking about like a handheld spray or a backpack spray. So uh, elaborate on your uh, what you're exactly looking for. Maybe we can give you some directions. Al gives you the laughing tear face. I don't I don't know. You and Al are having your own private conversation. I can't even follow it here. All right. Alex says, hello, Jason. Jose, don't give up. All right. So that was the guy we were talking to earlier about uh, getting started with the putting out the flyers and everything. Uh, all right. Jose says, how would you edge if cars are very close? <laughs> well, uh, well, I'll tell you this. If you're, uh, if you, you know, if it's a commercial property and it's got a parking lot full of cars, you might want to consider doing that on a Saturday or early in the morning or something like that and try to avoid that. Because even if you can be careful around the car, it's just, it's a pain. And, and if there's cars and you get grass on them, you got to be careful blowing them off. I mean, it's just a, a lot of headaches. Um, if it's um, an individual customer, you know, it's got their car. Like I had one, I remember this guy kept his car immaculate and it was like some fancy sports car. And I, I just knocked the door. I said, Hey, would you mind putting your car in the garage? I just don't want to, you know, get it dirty for you. But what would you say, Paul? Yeah, I think Jose, we talked to earlier with prob- problem with getting customers. And it sounds like you might be on the wrong end of town. Um, just from the questions you're asking, I, you know, I, I, I would find a nice neighborhood and, uh, you know, cause I, sometimes in, in the not so nice neighborhoods, Jason, they all park, you know, everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, if it's the same Jose, I know we got a lot of Jose's in here tonight, but, um, that, that might, that might not answer your question for this specific property, but you, you might want to consider relocating the business to a, a neighborhood where, you know. It, it, there's not cars all stacked on top of each other. They actually park in the garage and things like that. Yeah. East Tennessee long here says, hi guys, Paul, you know, we've talked about this somewhat. I, I like that. He's his business name is kind of East Tennessee lawn care. You know, it's kind of lets you know, it, it sounds, uh, sounds big, whether he's big or small or whatever. Uh, and it, and it lets you know, Hey, you're in East Tennessee. I'm your guy. You know, now he may get some calls in East Tennessee that like, like I'm Alabama lawn pros and I mm-hmm. get called four hours away. I'm sorry. I don't service that, but I'd rather sound too big than too small. Yeah. I like the, it. It tells what geographic region he's from and it tells what he does. He's lawn care in East Tennessee. So I, I like it. Although I would, uh, if you guys haven't picked your name already, I would be more niche down than that. The name of the neighborhood or the County, uh, just so that you vet in your name, you know, you're not having people call from too far away, but yeah, yeah I, I don't like the, the last name in the business name. Cause I mean, when you go to sell it one day and you're, 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 you're um, John's landscaping. Well then the new, company buys it and then they're going to say, well, where's Johnny? And he's not yeah. there. So yeah, don't, don't name your na- company after your name. In my opinion, N- name it after I the region this. and then name it with what you do. Are you landscaping or are you fertilization? We, you know, lawn care. Well, what do you do? So there you go. I feel the same way, Paul, but then I, I see so many businesses that, it, that, that have just their name. And it, like, if you think about restaurants, you got Wendy's, you got, uh, McDonald's, Sam. Yeah, but that's that's how they get so huge. Yeah, but that's different because in our service based business, if you're Jason's lawn care, then part of what they're buying is Jason. 
That's but right. your Alabama lawn pros, if you go to sell that one day, the new the new folks can it just you have you have more value at the sell. Yeah. And so I'm yeah, starting. I, I agree with you. I'm starting a new business, and I'll tell you right now, it, it, Jameson, and in my name, I have a I have a popular podcast. You know, I, I could use that you know, to, to upsell and things like that. Yeah. But I, our, our name is, is of a region and then it's of landscaping. So we'll yeah. reveal that soon. But I, I, I'm a firm believer. You want to start it from day one to sell it. And that's what I'm, I'm starting to yeah. do. I got you. Paul's prime cuts, you know, no, 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 no. Do you want to cut your property water utility costs by 30 to 50%? Smart Rain's commercial smart irrigation controller is one of the most sophisticated and technically advanced controllers on the market today. Smart Rain's smart controller comes with a 7-inch display, standard 48 zones, the most intuitive mobile app in the industry, Google Maps integration, and a lifetime warranty. Smart Rain helps commercial properties save time, money, and water with smart irrigation systems. Go to smartrain.net or talk to us at 877-346-3333. That's 877-346-3333. To take advantage of our preseason sale, mention podcast to get $800 off each controller. Hi, friends. Paul here to share with you about the ever-popular rate increase letter. This is what everyone is raving about. The rate increase letter is a solution for business owners who want to professionally communicate with their clients that their rate will soon be increasing. This downloadable template is easy to customize and provides clear messaging so that your customers understand the details of their transition to the new higher rate. The rate increase letter is available at greenindustrypodcast.com. Again, that's greenindustrypodcast.com. This is LCR Naylor Taliaferro from the LCR Media Podcast, and you are listening to my good friend Paul Jamison on the Green Industry Podcast. All right, whatever. <laughs> that's a All state right, company. Uh, uh, Jose says uh, that was good. How many Jose's are we? You, you got a. Uh, I've never this seen this many Jose's because they got different. They got different logos. We got a lot of Jose's. This is Jose Tapia. Another guy was Jose something else. Um, but anyway, he says it was a good idea to put the quote uh, to show the customer detailed job. Yeah, I think like I said it, it helps you as the business owner to, to make sure you're being detailed and not just throwing a number out there, but also the customer perception like, hey, man, I, here's your quote. And they say, wow, I mean, I really do think that would make a difference. Um, oh, OK. Al, he's done shifted off of Paul. He's focused on me now, Paul. Um, what's your favorite grass to maintain? Uh, you know, I, I do weed control, but I, you know, I've mowed a lot of yards too. I, from a, I, I guess I'd say zoysia are, are the best looking ones. I'm dealing with zoysia, Bermuda, centipede, St. Augustine, so I don't have any fescue or Kentucky bluegrass or anything like that. Um, so I mean, my zoysias are are the best looking yards. Um, I don't know favorite. Uh, I mean, if if all my yards were Bermuda, I'd be fine with that because you you can buy, fix nearly anything in a Bermuda yard. Where if you got some problems in a zoysia yard or centipede or Saint Saint Augustine, you got to be a little bit more careful. So, uh, but yeah, I guess if I was going to answer that straight up, it'd be zoysia. From a mowing perspective, I, again, the zoysias look the best to me. Um, but I like uh, probably just like mowing Bermuda because I I can just keep it you know, real low and tight and everything. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I used to just talk a little bit ugly about Bermuda, but I kind of grown to like it more and more. 
looking good, guys. No raggedy hair. Hey, yeah. Mike Pletz from Canada. What's up, friend? Okay. There you go. Yeah, we bring, you know, we got a international crowd. Here. Yeah, uh, guys, right. how to how, how to hardscape. He has a uh, podcast as well for hardscaping. So big oh, ticket, good. big ticket money. And uh, he's a friend, friend of mine, Mike Plett. So definitely check him out. What happened, Jason? All right, guys, Jason, Jason will be right back. Hopefully you can still hear me. Tom Doby mower repair says, hey, Mikey. I don't know what you mean by that. Uh, Jason, on my computer, I can't see you. I can see you on YouTube. So I'll just keep rolling here, guys. We'll get Jason back in a minute. Maybe it froze. I don't know. So uh, if I'm still live, which I don't know if I am, because uh, Jason's thing uh, is just swirling around. But um, I have a new YouTube channel, guys. It's called Paul Jameson Landscaping. And uh, we post videos over there of uh you know lawn maintenance work landscaping jobs i just got my first pressure washer today it's the the p uh pw 4200 from echo so uh i'm pumped for this thing oh man now i'm just solo in here where <laughs> what is going on all right we'll just roll with it until jason comes back i don't know what happened to his uh computer thing let me try to boot it back up all right that's what jason says so uh you're in the show. I'm here. All right. We're going to keep things going, guys. Jason will be back here in a minute. But my YouTube channel is Paul Jameson Lawn Care. And I uh, got my first pressure washer today. Let's move this over here. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Echo sent me the PW4200 pressure washer. And uh, this thing was powerful. And we were, uh, actually broke concrete. And uh, we had the uh, small little zero degree nozzle and uh, my friend Andrew was pressure washing and he's like, whoa, and he, and he cut out a piece of the concrete. So then we had to put the 15 degree nozzle on it. So for those of you who are in pressure washing, uh, we'll put some pressure washing videos up there as well. 85 people watching. We are um, going strong here. Jason is going to be returning here in, in uh, momentarily, but uh, I have a podcast, guys, uh, Green Industry Podcast, where we talk about uh, lawns, lessons, life. No, that's Brian Fullerton's podcast, Fullerton Unfiltered Podcast. I binge listen to podcasts all the time, so uh, that's actually Fullerton's tagline. Jason. Ben, hey, that was the weirdest thing, Paul. It's Can all right. Hear me? Yeah, it, it's all right. Um, we had 87 people watching and it went down to 80. I, I was just trying to tread water until we got you to come back. I thought, so. I, it was uh, my computer is plugged in to the wall and, and, it, and it gave me like a one second notice said your battery's run, running low uh, and then it shut off. And I, so I have no idea. Uh, we, we just, we just kept we just kept things rolling. So well, I, I knew I, I knew that's your professional background in radio. I had no doubt. So I'm just glad I was able to get back on because, man, we, we got to go through these questions. We got so many questions right here. So we're, we're going to uh, rapid fire. Randy says you skipped my question. Uh, anybody else know? Hold on. What? Oh, man, there's a zillion questions on here, Paul. All right. So we're, we're going to rapid fire. So let's go. If you ask. All right. Let's go quick. Uh, soil test does not include nitrogen too mobile in the soil. That was a statement. Jose, that's a good question. I would just ask him to move the vehicle if you don't feel comfortable. Skip that part. Good idea. 
Tell them moving the vehicle. Starting with the weed control and fertilization business and testing a few weeks. What are your thoughts on starting LLC and business stuff now versus waiting until the state approves the license? I'm not worried. I just go ahead and get it out of the way. If, yep. you, if you're moving forward, if you're moving forward and you, you feel confident, then uh, just go with it. I'm at my light shut off too. Give me, yeah, on, look at this. Yeah, get get your license. Boom. There you go. Oh, now look at this profession. This is championship broadcasting here, folks. Yeah. Look at this. Look at this, right. Mitchell Go Gordy. That's for you. License. Yep, Jose. We are we have not spared any time on Jose. So uh, I'm in Phoenix. I get it gets 115 degrees here in the summer. At what time frame when most of the work is done? Other than winter time, I'm about to. Uh, what is that? Is that time frame when most of the work is done? Other than winter time, I'm about to start my lunch here. I, I'm not sure. Uh, oh, I would like to gauge the time frame for work. I, I don't know when your grass grows out there in Phoenix, or or people have have grass. They out have there, astroturf. So. One of my customers who used to play for the Falcons, he got shipped off to the Arizona Cardinals, and he wanted. He was asking me, he's like, everyone's got astroturf out here, Paul, and then he wanted yeah. me to put it in his backyard in Atlanta. I told him, forget about it. I ain't, yeah. I ain't uh, doing that. Yeah, I don't know. You just got to figure out when the grass grows out there. But you might have to get in the artificial turf. Yeah, yeah, or, Jose, artificial or, uh, turf. Planting, planting cactus for people. Well, friends, thanks for listening to today's episode of the Green Industry Podcast that has been sponsored by Smart Rain. You can find our friends Smart Rain at smartrain.net and save yourself $800 off your next purchase with the promo code podcast. That's right, an $800 savings with the promo code podcast. Also, I want to let you guys know, and I've never done this in the past, but I'm opening in the opening up coaching calls during the spring rush. That is right. This is a time of the year where we can get trapped in the demand and take on a job that we shouldn't have. And then we get stuck on that job while there's all this money to be made. And we're out here chasing pennies, right? Jumping over dollars to chase pennies to finish up the job for the difficult customers. So I want to help you avoid that. I want to help you really have the best spring of your business and uh, experience those lush profit margins and a peaceful, organized, prosperous spring rush. And uh, you can sign up for a one-hour coaching call with me at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. And uh, we can either literally do a you know traditional phone call or we can hop on Zoom and, and do a video conference there and uh, dive into whatever details of your business that you want to talk about. I uh, have carved out time in my schedule to be here for you guys, greenindustrypodcast.com. And of course, the link to greenindustrypodcast.com is in today's show notes with our link to Smart Rain and uh, all the other product services you hear about on the Green Street Podcast. We always put those in the show notes. Or if you've got a good memory, our website's pretty simple. It is Green industrypodcast.com and uh, you can go there and uh, get signed up for a coaching call so what we're going to do is part two tomorrow with jason creole we'll finish up this q a and uh dive deeper into how we can get that grass looking green and those weeds out of there that's what we'll continue to do tomorrow on the green industry podcast smash that follow 
and stay tuned for tomorrow's fresh new episode. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.